So, there's a man, him and his wife. Listen, I'm a, my rear end didn't do that that time. There's a man and his wife, and they want to purchase an older home that... Uh, They've, just, they've always wanted that. They've always liked older homes and so forth. So they're looking around town. They find a home. It's over 100 years old. Once they get in the house, they start to notice a few things that they didn't notice. They start to look around. They see cracks on the walls. So the husband reaches out to a local painter, has him come by, shows him the cracks on the walls. He says, hey, can you fix this? Local painter says, sure, no problem. He putties it up, paints over it, right? About two weeks later, the cracks reappear. He calls the painter guy again. He comes back out. He says, well, I don't know what happened. I'll fix it again. Won't charge anything. He fixes it, putties it up, paints over it. Looks good. A couple weeks later, cracks show back up. This time, the man got a little smarter. Didn't call the same guy. He called somebody else. This guy shows up, looks at the wall, sits there for a little while. He says, I can't fix that. Man looks at him kind of crazy. He says, what are you talking about? You're a painter. Sure, you can fix that. The other guy could do it. Why can't you do it? He said, because the problem's not the paint. Your home has a bad foundation. It's a shifting foundation. Your home was built on that. That's been a big problem with our church and with our country. We're building our homes on soft foundation. It's got to be stout, guys. The Word of God is stout. Build your home on that. We're going to discuss that a lot over the next four weeks. I'm really excited. I have actually put this series together of four weeks, and y'all know me well enough to know I don't like series because God's always given me something else to preach. And let me tell you, if he does between this series, we'll come back to it. We're going to do exactly what he wants us to do. But I had this ready back in June, and this is the first time he's allowed me to do this. And I couldn't figure out why, but now I do know why. He wants us to start the year out the right way. Let's get our home right. We'll build it into the church, and then we'll grow the community, right? Okay. 50% of all marriages end in divorce. 40% of the children in our country don't have a father at home. No father figure. That's problem number one. I want to give you guys a quick history lesson from our country. In 1965, Lyndon B. Johnson passed a bill that made it okay for women to have children out of wedlock and get paid. What Lyndon B. Johnson didn't know in that moment was what our country was going to take that and do with it. They don't want a man in the home because the money quits coming. What Lyndon B. Johnson in our country didn't realize, when you kicked the man out, you allowed the devil in. The other thing that our country has done is they've allowed anyone to start a family, no matter if you are a different sex or the same sex. How confusion has taken over our country blows my mind. And I do blame it on some of our past leaders. I'm not being a jerk, I'm just being honest. There are a lot of people right now that are really worried about what's going on in the White House. 
Quit worrying about that and worry about what's going on in your own house right now, guys. We've got to fix the problem at our home front before you can do anything outside of that. If your four walls are not structured and you've built your home on sand, you're going to have a major problem. Matter of fact, don't even come to me and argue with me about what's going on in our country if your house is not on good foundation. Because I'm going to tell you to go back and fix that before you go anywhere else. Don't give us an opinion on the church unless your home is structured correctly. Again, guys, I'm not being a jerk, just being honest. This is the way, if we do it this way, if we structure the family and the home this way, everything will fall into place. So we're going to get started with that. I want to discuss not how our country wants to build a family. I want to discuss the order in which God wants us to structure the family. Today's sermon title, Warrior Family. Y'all heard me a few weeks ago. We're going to take the next four weeks to be Warrior Family, and the next time we have something else, we're going to put Warrior in front of a lot of these sermons because that's what we are. This is a room full of Joshua's. That's what this is. It's my job, it's our leadership's job, to continue to train you and grow you up to be as strong a Joshua as you can. Again, we're going to start with the home today. Amanda and I, <laughs> Amanda, Amanda and I decided we were going to get a treadmill. Uh, well, we, we had one, and, and it broke because I, I was overweight, and it was a small treadmill, and I probably shouldn't have been on it in the first place. But anyway, we're not going to talk about that. She wasn't real happy about that. So, so we had to buy a new treadmill, right? So we get this new treadmill. We get it in. And let me tell you, first of all, have y'all ever had a treadmill delivered to your home? It's heavy. I mean, it took me and two other guys just to get it in the door, right? So we get it in, and, and those of y'all that have been to my house, the front door is a long ways from where we put the treadmill. It's actually about as far away as you can go. Okay, so we're having to move all that down there. We're going through stuff so far. But we get it there. We get it all opened up, and there's pieces everywhere. I mean, a lot of pieces, right? Like you would think a treadmill is be ready, right? You open the box and just pull it up, and you start running. No, that ain't, that's not how it works. So, so we get this treadmill in, we open it up, I got all these pieces sitting out, we let it sit there for a couple days, because I was in prayer. And then Amanda says, hey, listen, I think you can get started on that thing, and actually, actually what happened was, I took off one day, and I said, baby, we could spend the day together, and, and, and then I woke up, and she said, we're going to put a treadmill together. If I'd known that, I'd have went to work. <laughs> That's a lot more work than what I do at work, right? So anyway, we get in there, and she, she says, hey, can you go start on the treadmill? I'm going to go take my shower and get ready for the day and stuff like that. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. So I get downstairs, and I'm looking at all these pieces, and, and I see the instruction manual. And I said to myself, I said, self, I said, you're not that dumb. You're a fairly smart individual. You have a business. You're a pastor. You don't need this instruction manual. What do you need this for? So I start to put this thing together, and it starts to rattle a little bit, right? And my wife comes down after I'd spent an hour down there, and I'd got about three pieces on. And she says, well, what's the instructions say? I'm a man. I don't need instructions. What's the matter with you? She said, don't you think the treadmill maker knows more about building a treadmill than you do? Shouldn't you get the instructions? My wife's pretty smart. We need to treat the family the same way. Who created the family? What's his instruction manual? 
going to start with that today. We're going to go to Genesis again. Genesis chapter 2, verses 24, or excuse me, 7 through 24. I'm going to read this to you guys. If you've got your Bible in front of you, open it up. If you don't, get your Bible out. Get in there. You're going to want to listen to this. I do want to say one more thing before I get started. I know that there are some single people in the room. There's some young people in the room, teenagers in the room. And you're thinking, why do I want to listen to this when we're going to talk about marriage? Because you need to be prepared. Take this, soak it in, take notes. Trust me, you're going to want to use this. I wish I would have heard the sermon that I'm about to preach when I was a teenager. All right. Anybody say amen? Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. And the man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden in Eden. I'm not going to read all this. I'm just going to tell you right now. From there down to verse 15, it's talking about how he built Eden. It talks about the three rivers that flow through Eden and so forth and so on. We're going to skip down to verse 15. The Lord God took the man and placed him in the garden. He placed him there to work and to watch over it. And the Lord God commanded the man... You are free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For on that day, if you eat from it, you will most certainly die. This is where submission comes in, guys. God gave Adam a command. Now, I need you to notice something. At this point in time, there's one person on the earth, Adam, man. God goes to him, gives him a command. Adam follows the command. Submission is created. Remember that. Let's keep reading. We're at verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper as his complement. So the Lord God formed out of the ground every wild animal, every bird of the sky, and brought each to the man to see what he could call it. And whatever the man called it, that was its name. The man gave name to all the living stock, gave name to all the birds in the sky, and to every wild animal. But for the man, no helper was found that would compliment him. A couple things there. First of all, what this shows me, <laughs> love our God. He gave Adam a job, right? We discussed that, gave him a job. Go name animals. First of all, that's kind of cool, right? Like men, we get to name things. You know me and my children I named? <laughs> I got a middle name out of one of my kids, and it was the last one. And it's Ray, which was my grandfather's name, and he died about two months before she was born. I think my wife felt sorry for me, okay? I ain't got to name anybody. I didn't even get, I didn't get to name our cat. <laughs> Seriously. But men are supposed to name things. But this is what I love. That's not really what I love. That kind of upset me a little bit. Helper. The word's in there twice. Helper. Y'all notice that God didn't say, I'm going to send you a woman. He didn't say, I'm going to send you a servant. He said, a helper. A helper. In other words, man wasn't doing a good job. He couldn't, he couldn't handle it by himself. Why would he send him a helper if he could handle all this perfectly? Right? I don't know which name it was, but obviously Adam named an animal something that God didn't like. 
probably an elephant or a hippo. You know, that just doesn't sound good, right? The platypus. That's good. Yeah, the platypus. You know, so many people, guys, no, I'm not going to go there yet. Let's keep reading. Let's go to, let's go to verse 21. So the Lord gave, so excuse me, so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to come over Adam, and he slept. God took one of his ribs and then closed the flesh back into place. The Lord made the rib he had taken from Adam into a woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, I'm going to stop right there. I need you to catch this. God did not allow woman to show up until Adam was prepared. Think about it. He had submission. He had a job. He had a home. And most importantly, he had a relationship with God. Then God allowed the woman to show up. You follow that? He was equipping Adam for what he needed to take care of the helper. That's the problem today, guys. Marriages, so many marriages start and it's not prepared. Guys are not prepared to take on the helper. They do a terrible job. Women, it's some of y'all's fault too. Why would you marry a guy that don't have a job, have a home, or have a relationship with God? Last night, we got to marry two people. We got to watch that. That are the perfect example of how this should be done. I don't know if you know Tristan and Bryce very well, but if you don't, you need to get to know them. They're a true reflection of parents raising their kids the right way. We need to be doing that more and more. We struggle with that. I know we do, and I know it's hard to raise kids, and I'll tell you right now, Stacy and Angel Brooks will tell you that. It's not easy to raise kids, but you do the best you can. You give all the effort that you have, and then you let God do the rest, and you have faith that God will do the rest. I tell you, this verse where it talks about how God took a rib and made woman, I love the American Standard translation of this verse, verse 22. It says, God took the rib and fashioned woman. Fashioned. I want you to look at your wife and say, baby, God fashioned you. Like, I'm going to use that word more often. I'm going to use that from now on. See, I just gave a lot of you men an idea. Y'all going to be texting me tomorrow thanking me for that. But here's the thing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I, I, know, I know God, he, he, he fashioned Amanda in a good way. Okay? My, my wife's smoking beautiful. Okay, so I thank him every day for the fashioning that he did. Okay, I don't know about y'all. I'm just saying, I, I tell you guys, if y'all go home tonight and you say, baby, you are fashioned, I'm, you're going to score points. Okay, we'll get off that. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, one other thing about this word fashioned, it frustrates me just a little bit because he fashioned woman. Y'all know how he made man? Threw some dirt together. <laughs> There's a guy. There's the man. There's Adam, threw some dirt together. He fashioned a woman. Right off the bat, I, I just, I don't know. I'm going to get off of that because I might say something that I regret, so I'm going to get away from that. 
But basically what he's saying is, is men are not very good looking and women are fashioned. And that's a good thing. I praise God every day for fashioning my wife. Uh, notice that Eve, and didn't, and Eve, when Eve came, okay, we're going to get to this part right here. Let's go ahead and jump down to... Right after I, I finished there, what is that? Verse 23. And the man said, this is after God brought Eve to Adam. Wow, this just hit me. Okay. When God formed Eve, she didn't wake up and freak out and say, I, I, I don't have a husband. She didn't say that. It says that God took her to Adam. In other words, God grabbed her hand and she accepted it and he took her to Adam. So in other words, God's already gotten submission from the man and in that moment he got submission from Eve. And then not only that, <laughs> she didn't go looking for a guy in a bar. She followed God. That's big. This is how I study, by the way, stuff like this. I get all excited about it. I'm sorry. So anyway, so, so, and the man said, this one at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman, for she was taken from man. Notice that Adam named Eve from his name, man and woman. The, actually, the Hebrew word for man is ish, and for woman is isha. So that's how this was all put together. But the thing is, is the reason I bring that up is that's why when women marry men in a Christian relationship, that's why they take the man's name. It's biblical. There's a lot of people out there that don't like that. You may not agree with it, but it's biblical. It's how it's supposed to work. It's the order that God put it in. Our God is a God of order. He structured this out, how a family's supposed to be. You need to follow those directions. The last verse here that we're going to read, verse 24, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and bonds with his wife, and they become one flesh. I want to say something to you guys, and i got to be very careful at how I say this because my mother-in-law is probably watching. I love you, Debbie. Guys, don't let your parents or your in-laws run your marriage. That's your marriage. Y'all are one. You lead that way. I'm very fortunate. I have amazing, an amazing mother. I had an amazing father. And I have amazing in-laws who allow me and Amanda to make mistakes so we learn from them. They don't step in every second. They let us learn from the mistakes that we make. How else are we going to teach our children? Guys, I'm telling you, men, do not allow your mama or your daddy to run your household. Women, do not allow your mama or your daddy to come in and start to try to run the household. That is y'all's household. You are one, right? How many times have you seen a problem like that? Mother-in-law gets involved, mom gets involved, then you got the two getting mad at each other, they don't speak to each other for days. The only voice that you need to listen to, guys, is God. Amen? Now, in chapter 3, this is when the serpent shows up. We're going to go to chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. It's right there after that, guys. You don't have to go anywhere. Now, the serpent was the most cunning of all the animals 
the Lord had made this serpent that way. He said to the woman when he showed up, did God really tell you that you cannot eat from any tree in the garden? This one got me a little bit. The serpent doesn't show up until after they get married. Why didn't he show up before? There's no covenant of God yet. Satan's whole job is to come in and disrupt the covenant of God. As soon as the marriage happens, Slick shows up. We won't call him Slick. I like that. Slick. The woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, You must not eat from it or you will die. No, you will not die. This is the serpent speaking. In fact, God knows that when you, eat, when you eat, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Then the woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at. <laughs> it's almost like jewelry. I'm going to get off that. So she took some of the fruit from the tree and she ate it. She also gave some of her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. Notice the serpent doesn't go after the woman. The reason why, again, is because he's trying to disrupt God's order. God's order is woman under man. Satan is trying to give authority to the woman. The problem here is, guys, is that she does take authority and all hell literally breaks loose. She becomes the leader. And Adam becomes the passive, yes, dear husband. I'm not going to sit here and lie to y'all. I've said yes, dear, quite a few times, by the way. I'm getting there. Y'all just hang on with me. Some of, y some of you ladies are looking at me like I'm going to rip your neck off when this is over with. Just let me finish, okay? I promise. Let's go ahead and finish this. Let's, let's read the rest of it. Then the eyes of both of them were open. They knew they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made linen clothing for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. They hid themselves from the Lord among the trees of the garden. So the Lord God called out to the man and said to him, Where are you? Ladies, this is where I'm going to get you. I have three daughters. Some of y'all have heard me say this before. It's hard for me to look my three daughters in the eye and tell them you have to be submissive to a man. But when I read this and I study this, it's not hard for me to tell them that because here's the problem. The word submission, our world has made that a nasty word. The true word of submission is to be under someone for protection. It's a great word. It's an amazing word. Biblically, we want that word. We want to be under submission of God for protection. God set the order up. Here, I want you to notice, he didn't come out and say, Adam and Eve, where are y'all? He said, Adam. Men, I'm going to tell you right now. 
And some of you ain't going to like this either. If your household's messed up, if your wife isn't happy, if your kids are getting in trouble, you need to figure out what you've done wrong. You need to go look at it. Now keep in mind, you can teach them kids all you want to in life, and at some point in time, they're going to have the opportunity to make their own decisions and have free will. Now you can't always control them in those areas, and they're going to make mistakes. But if your kid is causing major disruption and continues and continues and continues, you're not doing your job. I'm just going to be honest with you. Somewhere along the line, something's happened. And listen, this is hard to say because I still got three young kids. I know some of you are looking at me and you're like, well, Micah, your kids haven't grown up yet. You don't know what they're going to be like when they get older. You know what? You're right. But I'll tell you one dadgum thing. They're going to learn this. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And we're going to teach it to them too. And they're going to be sick of me teaching it to them. Because not only do they hear it at home, she's sitting right here. She's listening to it right now. She's heard all this. She's like, really? I kind of want to hear this again. But the thing is, guys, you've got to be repetitive with this with your kids. You have to be. They have to know what they're walking into. If you don't do that job, you're not going to build the kingdom the way that God intends you to. Amen? Gentlemen, I need you to always remember something. You're not the man because you have authority. You are the man because you're under the God who has all authority. Don't think that, don't, don't dis, don't misuse your authority. God gave you this authority. Don't abuse it. If you abuse it, you're no longer submitting to God. The structure that God wants the family to be is God, man, woman, children. But I'm going to show you something. God, man, and woman. Helper. Your wife is your teammate. Treat her that way. If you're not getting respect from your wife, you're probably treating her like a third-string quarterback. Y'all follow me? Respect your wife. That's your helper. You can't do it by yourself. God proved that when he gave us Eve. You need the help of your wife. You've got to join. You've got to be one. If you're not, you will not build the kingdom again the way that he intended you to. Y'all following this? Now make anybody mad? I'm not going to apologize for it. I want to go to 1 Peter verse 3, or excuse me, chapter 3, verse 7. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal, equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. Men, if you're praying for something and it ain't coming, how are you treating your wife? You better bring your helper along. What's that say? Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. You struggling with something? God's not answering it? How are you treating your wife? 
Y'all are one. So if you're abusing your wife, you're abusing yourself. That verse really woke me up. I was looking for something that I knew would bring attention to the process of man and woman together as one. I'll be honest with y'all. I've read this verse. I know a, a bunch of times because I've read First Peter front to back a lot of times. Never noticed it. Not one time. I started studying for this. Started researching. That verse is stout, guys. You can wake up every morning, men, and you can drop to your knees and you can beg God and you can tell him that you're here for him and that you're going to grow the kingdom for him. You can sit on your knees for hours and do that. If you're not taking care of your wife, I'm going to say he's not listening. Take care of your home. Take care of your wife. Take care of your children. So your prayers won't be hindered. Amen? Awesome. I want you guys to get a pen and paper and write this down. Warriors, the, the start of keeping Satan out of your home is to set up the authority the way that God intended it to be. Again, man under God, woman under man, and children under parents. You may not have been doing this correctly, but I need you guys to always remember you can't fix yesterday, but you can sure as heck do something about tomorrow. If you're not structuring your home the way that we talked about today, start tomorrow. No, no, no. Start today. Start today. And I suggest that you start with prayer together. Next week, I'm going to discuss the husband's role, and I'm going to call it submissive husband because I know that women are tired of hearing about women being submissive all the time, so we're going to talk about the man and how he's supposed to be submissive. But women don't laugh too much because then next week I'm going to talk about y'all. Guys, I want to thank y'all real quick before I put this up for listening to this conversation. This one was pretty tough to put together because I know it's a touchy subject. But I'm going to be honest with y'all. If we're going to grow as a church and if we're going to grow the kingdom the right way, it's going to be some touchy subjects. I'm not going to shy away from what God wants me to teach. This was uncomfortable and it was hard, but I'm going to do it. And I expect you guys to do the same. Be obedient in his guidance, okay? The tough conversations are what grow you the most. It's like going to the gym and exercising. You're going to be sore. If you're going to go any further, if you're going to get any stronger, you're going to be sore. It's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. Right, Parker? Guys, you've got to stay. You've got to continue to get through the hard times and push yourself to grow your spiritual muscles. Write this down, guys. The strength of God's kingdom derives on the submission of the home. That's including men.